What's happening, everybody? On today's show, half of the SEC quarterback battles have been settled as Auburn and A&M settle on their QB1. LSU and Ole Miss should be next. I'll tell you why one might wait until Saturday to make their announcement. Also, Vanderbilt, very impressive in their Week 0 victory over Hawaii, scoring 63 points. Tell you why you might want to not want to take the Commodore so lightly. And we'll get you caught up with news around the conference as Auburn deals with a leadership transition and much more. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Well, we got to start today with some quarterback battle announcements. As you may have heard over the weekend, TJ Finley coming out as the starter for Auburn. He won the uh, competition that included the Texas A&M transfer in Zach Calzada and the Oregon transfer, Robbie Ashford. Chris Lowe of ESPN was the first to report it, that Finley would be the starter after he ended last season as Auburn starter. Uh, Brian Harson had been very impressed with Finley throughout uh, this uh, spring and then the summer and then the fall, uh, pointing out that Finley improved his command of the offense and was almost like another coach in that meeting room and understands what they're trying to do very well. Uh, Finley was reported to have led in the competition for the last couple weeks, and uh, apparently later we got into fall camp, the more evident it was. Zach Calzada was slow coming back from that offseason shoulder surgery and kind of was just behind the curve. And Robbie Ashford, very impressive uh, throughout the fall camp as well. A lot of people like his versatility, his running ability, and there's some thought that we're still going to see Robbie Ashford in some capacity, but uh, according to W uh, or Andy Burcham, the Auburn radio voice on an interview last week, he wondered if, if Robbie Ashford would be used in special situations for Auburn as kind of a wrinkle to the offense, but uh, it's Finley. And look, we had Finley on the show back in January. If you guys missed that interview, go back and listen to it. He embraced the competition. He said, uh, bring it on. I'm ready to go. And the good news for Auburn fans is if Finley is the guy, it means he's done everything he was supposed to do. All the question marks we had down the stretch of last season with uh, accuracy issues and all those kind of things, you know, making the right decisions. Sounds like Finley's doing that now. And the big thing Finley told us here on Locked on SEC earlier in the year was that he was thrown into the mix playing with guys that he hadn't practiced with, that he had been practicing with the second team guys uh, once he got on campus at Auburn because Bo Nix was running with the starters. And he just didn't have that chemistry with those guys. Now he does. He's running uh, with the ones and developing that chemistry with all those guys. Will it lead to more wins for Auburn? I don't know. We're going to find out. But, uh, of course, TJ Family started his career at LSU and was the backup to Bo Nix last year, came in, and uh, it was 17 for 32 for 188 yards with a 10-yard touchdown uh, pass in the start at uh, South Carolina. And then went 17 for 26 for 137 against Alabama with an interception, of course. That's a game Auburn should have won. And then the bowl game, the Birmingham Bowl against Houston, he was 19 for 37 for 227 and a touchdown. So uh, if Finley can, absolutely, he's got to be better than that. But if he can be, 
Auburn's going to win some games this year that people aren't predicting them to. I like TJ Finley. I'm confident in him. But, man, it's, uh, it, we got to see it to believe it. And the good news for Auburn is the schedule sets up well. You get Mercer this coming Saturday. Then you get San Jose State. And then the true test, a 2.30 afternoon game on CBS versus Penn State. And then you kind of ease into SEC play with Missouri coming in uh, for your first game before you get LSU. So first five games at home. Finley needs to look good, man. Um, again, we'll see how they work in Robbie Ashford, but great opportunity for him here to uh, settle into the season and prove that uh, he is the guy and that they made the right pick. Meanwhile, over at Texas A&M over the weekend, uh, they've had one of the tightest quarterback battles in the SEC, and Haynes King won the job for a second straight year, beating out the LSU transfer in Max Johnson. On Saturday, Jimbo Fisher made the decision official, and when they play host to Sam Houston State this weekend, it'll be Haynes King under center. King has been uh, named the starter. Again, they will uh, have Max Johnson backing him up, and then the true freshman, Connor Wegman, running third string. But in two games last season, after being named the starter, Haynes King, 22 for 35 for 300 yards, two touchdowns, did have three interceptions, and also had six carries for 24 yards. They do like his running ability, and the Aggies are a preseason top 10 team. A lot of people expecting big things out of the Aggies this year. A lot of folks on the outside saying it's put up or shut up time for Jimbo. Look, put together these great recruiting classes. It beat Alabama last year, but with the quarterback injuries, you still lost four games. Can you do better? Can you compete for the West? Aggies do get a favorable schedule. You get two warm-up games, Sam Houston State this week and Appalachian State in week two before the U. 16th-ranked Miami coming in in Week 3. And then that neutral game in Dallas, Week 4 against Arkansas. That is going to be a monster one. But if you guys missed it, Desmond Howard over the weekend on College Game Day, all the guys are making their picks. And Desmond Howard has the Texas A&M Aggies as his college football champion. Now, you want to pick the Aggies to win it. That's bold within itself. But his three other teams that he had in the playoff – Pittsburgh, Michigan, and Baylor. No Alabama, no Georgia, no Ohio State, no USC, Oklahoma, whoever else you want to throw in there. Uh, Desmond Howard really going with a bold prediction there. So we'll see how it plays out. The Aggies, the national champions with Jimbo Fisher, according to Desmond Howard of College Game Day. Now we do have two other quarterback battles uh, left to be figured out. As of this recording, still no announcement in Oxford. And if you go by the stats from Saturday's scrimmage, well, <laughs> a lot of people thought Jackson Dart would be the guy. Here was what Jackson Dart did Saturday. 16 for 25, 206 yards, a touchdown, an interception, and a lost fumble. Uh, he also rushed for 24 yards for a score. Luke Altmaier, though, whew, 20 for 23, 291 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Now, look, it's just one scrimmage, but Luke Altmaier had the better day. More efficient, more touchdowns, no mistakes. So we'll see, man. I, I am predicting, I think this is going to go up to, down to the wire. I don't think Lane Kiffin announces a starter before Saturday. I could be wrong. Could certainly name one this week. But I think, uh, I think Lane's looking at it saying, there's no rush. In fact, we may see both guys play into the season. Ole Miss, again, like a lot of other teams in the SEC, get a little bit of a warm-up. 
They get Troy in this Saturday afternoon. Then they get Central Arkansas. Then they get a road trip out to Georgia Tech. Then they're home for Tulsa. And it is until week five where they finally get Kentucky in Oxford. A top 20 team. So a little bit of a cushion here for Lane Kiffin to figure things out. And then lastly, Brian Kelly over at LSU. They've been hinting at it that Jaden Daniels is going to be the guy, the Arizona State transfer. Again, as of this recording, no official quarterback named yet. But uh, if you're listening to this on Monday, Brian Kelly's scheduled to meet with the media for his weekly presser for the week. Would not be surprised if he went out and named Jaden Daniels the starter. Now, some notes from practice on Saturday at LSU. Cameron Wire was running with the first team right as the first team right tackle. Anthony Bradford moved down to right guard. Miles Frazier at left guard. And Jaden Daniels took most of the first team reps with Garrett Nussmeyer also getting some work with the top unit, but Jaden Daniels taking most of those reps. And that should kind of be a signal there that he is likely going to be the guy. But as of now, no official naming yet. A lot of these coaches waiting and waiting and waiting until they need to make an official announcement. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to go around the conference, and we'll also recap what Vandy did in their Week 0 game over uh, Hawaii. Big, big dominant win for uh, Vandy. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, got to ask you guys, look, are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What is the worst that could happen? You end up driving below the speed limit, over the speed limit, no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow down when you are high. You are not only putting yourself in danger, but you're putting everyone around you in danger. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It is not okay to drive high or drunk for that matter. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, you get a DUI. Again, that message from our friends at the NHTSA. And uh, just something to keep in mind for this uh, college football season. A lot of you like to celebrate in different ways. Just do it safe and responsibly. Run along here, Locked On SEC. And, man, we have got a lot of news to get into. What a Friday news dump. Of course, you know, we do show early late Thursday night, early Friday morning, and so that show dropped. And then uh, on Friday afternoon, we had some big news out of Auburn, so let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And we start over at Auburn as Alan Green, officially out as Auburn's athletic director. The university released a statement about the decision on Friday. It notified uh, Alan Green notified the university president of his decision to step away from his role leading the Tigers in order to pursue other professional interests. Green had been in the middle of a struggle between Auburn boosters and coaching staffs, only had five months remaining on his contract. And the big thing here is Auburn recently changed presidents. As Chris Roberts took over this year, Green's contract was set to expire early next year. He served in the same capacity at the University of Buffalo before coming over to Auburn, but he's been at Auburn since January of 2018. Was criticized in recent months for his lack of response with all the stuff going on with Brian Harson and the tumultuous offseason that, that they had. In fact, the football team struggled down the stretch last season. They were behind in recruiting. All these different things that were happening. So, Alan Green out. It's been a mixed bag. Some people at Auburn 
agree with the move, some people not happy with the move. But what will the fallout be? Well, ESPN analyst Pete Thamel was asked over the weekend about Brian Harson surviving another year at Auburn. He said the pathway to Brian Harson to survive is very difficult. He plays in the SEC West. Auburn's roster isn't what we remember Auburn's roster being. Coming off a 6-7 and seven season, I think it's really important to remember they had the number 13-ranked recruiting class in the SEC. Right now in the composite rankings only ahead of Mizzou. So as Auburn's power brokers look at Brian Harson's future, in a time where Auburn usually has a top three class that is going to stand out, those same power brokers initiated an inquiry against him in February, didn't yield any other results. So it's been an awkward union that everyone expects to end somehow at the end of this season. So um, we will see what happens with Brian Harson uh, at the end of this year. But they did get some good news over at Auburn on Friday. It was crazy. You had this Alan Green story come out, and then DeQuavia Sori. A four-star wide receiver out of the state of Florida, considering a bunch of SEC schools, and he chose Auburn on Friday. Its announcement was streamed on the 27 Sports YouTube channel. Six foot two, 190 pounds, ranked the number 22 wide receiver in the class of 2023. He's the number 43 player from the state of Florida. We'll have two early games this week in the SEC. Starting on Thursday night, Brew McCoy and the Tennessee Volunteers. They will be one of them. And uh, Brew McCoy was one of the big transfer pickups for Tennessee this offseason. Some big news for him coming out just a couple days ago as a six foot three, 220 pounder was deemed eligible and can play in Thursday night's game against Ball State. McCoy originally committed to USC, but transferred to Texas before the spring. And after going through spring practice with the Longhorns, he was back at USC, missed all the 2021 season, but now he is eligible. Josh Heupel told 24-7 Sports he has big plans for McCoy. He said, guys that didn't have spring ball, it's just getting integrated into what we're doing offensively, like some of the transfers that we had a year ago on offense. There's a growth process to understanding how we play. McCoy's got to soak those things up and be able to handle the tempo in particular in a really positive way here early as we get going. So great early test with uh, playing Ball State, Tennessee will get an opportunity to get Brew McCoy acclimated and start to gel with Hendon Hooker and just another weapon for Heupel to use offensively. Meanwhile, over at uh, Missouri, Eli Drinkwitz and the Tigers, they will take on Louisiana Tech this Thursday night at home, 7 p.m. Central on ESPNU. It's a little bit of a schedule change. Eli Drinkwitz telling the media over the weekend, had we not moved this game, we would have had three of our first four games on the road this year. He added that the scheduling uh, should be an advantage, and thanks to their administration for working to change it. A couple months back, uh, the Tigers were originally scheduled to go on the road and open this season at Middle Tennessee State before a road trip at Kansas State in Week 2. So they flipped it. They got rid of the road trip to Middle Tennessee and they got a Thursday night home game against Louisiana Tech. Now, a few other notes from Mizzou. Eli Drinkwitz talking about who we could see playing and at what capacity. He said their three primary backs will be uh, uh, Nate Pete, Schrader, and Young. Could go with the hot hand during the course of a game, but Nate Pete has been dealing with soft tissue issue issues. Might not be prepared to handle 100% of the carries this week. But again, Cody Schrader and Elijah Young right back there to share the load. On the wide receiver group, Drinkwood said he has as much confidence in the top six receivers as he's had since he's been there. Of course, that group highlighted by Luther Burden. 
one of the best wide receivers in this past recruiting class, one of the top freshmen in the country, and big expectations for him in Como this year. Meanwhile, when it comes to offensive lines, the SEC always has some dominant ones. And according to Pro Football Focus, they put out their top 10 offensive lines in the nation. Three teams from the SEC ranking in the top 10. They've got the Georgia Bulldogs coming in at number 8, Texas A&M coming in at number 7, and the Arkansas Razorbacks at number 5. Now, the only thing with Arkansas is they've been banged up a little bit, some of their offensive linemen, in recent weeks of practice. So, there's hoping they uh, get those injuries healed up and they can be at full go here very soon. But... Uh, Max Chadwick writes that uh, both Ricky Stromberg and Bo Limmer made Pro Football Focus's top 25 interior offensive linemen list, and uh, some of the other schools making the list, Ohio State, Notre Dame, USC, Baylor, those teams are all ranked ahead of Arkansas. Meanwhile, over at LSU, they've received a lot of attention over recent years. Uh, obviously, they've got some big-time playmakers like Kayshawn Boutte and a bunch of different guys, but... One guy to keep an eye on is Jack Besh, sophomore wide receiver. Kirk Herbstreet over the weekend naming Besh as a breakout player to watch ahead of this season. He said, keep an eye on this guy. New system, new coach. Jack Besh is going to do well. He finished last year with 43 catches for almost 500 yards with three touchdowns. So we'll see if he gets a more expanded role in the Brian Kelly system. And there you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference. Coming up next, we are going to touch on... Clark Lee and Vanderbilt and why, if you play in the SEC East, you may not want to just take them lightly. Vanderbilt doing some things to turn the tide. We'll talk about that next. Going along here, Locked On SEC. Thank you guys again for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. And, man, we got to jump into this because – did you stay up late Saturday night to watch the greatness that was Vanderbilt football in Hawaii? I, you know, we had this game circled. We previewed it last Friday. We had uh, Andrew Allegretta, the voice of the Commodores, on the show. We had Anthony Orgy, an interview we taped with him at SEC Media Days, played that for you. And, man, he played a great game defensively. I just don't know how many of you watched. So I'll just let you know this. Vanderbilt went out to Hawaii and got a massive 63-10 win in Hawaii. It was a 53-point win. It was the program's largest since a 58-0 drubbing of Presbyterian back in September of 2012. That's a decade ago. Commodores averaged 9 yards per carry, 8 yards per play. They recovered two fumbles, both of which went back for touchdowns. They stopped Hawaii all four times that they went forward on fourth down. And offensively, Vanderbilt went 6-for-6 in the red zone. The 63 points were the most points Vandy has scored in a single game since 1969 when they hung 63 on Davidson that year. Let's not get it wrong. I'm not picking Vandy to win the SEC East. I'm not saying that they're even going to get to 500 and become a bowl game. All I'm saying is this is a much better Vandy team than they were last year. Don't get a twist. Hawaii's terrible. So, (laughs) but granted... Vanderbilt has played some terrible teams in recent years and still lost the game. So this is big for a group that's led by Mike Wright, who is going to be the face of Vanderbilt football this year. He just is. They brought him to SEC Media Days, who'd already named him the starting quarterback, and he was the catalyst for their offense this weekend. Racked up over 300 yards of offense, four total touchdowns, two passing, two two rushing, 
led the Commodores offense to its best offensive output in years. Vandy racked up over 600 yards of total offense, 400 rushing yards. After the win, Mike Wright talking to CBS Sports, he said that preparation was the key for Vandy this year. He said, I think we just owned into our operation. That was the game plan coming in. That's what just Van... Hang on. That's just Vanderbilt football this year. That's the quote. That's just Vanderbilt football this year. Look, if you got Vanderbilt on your schedule, you probably already were throwing it up as a do- an easy W if you're a fellow SEC East team. But I'm just telling you, this team is much different, much improved, much more talent, and they gave a damn. Think about last year when Vandy was losing a couple of those games. It looked like they quit when they lost in their opener eat to East Tennessee State. And then when they lost to Stanford. And then they, when they got 62 hung on them against Georgia. It looked like this team quit a couple times last year. There was no quitting on, on Saturday out in Hawaii. Now they'll get Elon this week. That's a game that they should win as well. And uh, Vandy very well should start 2-0. Now if you want to go as bold as Dari Noka did, Dari had the, has them winning their week three game against Wake Forest. Wake Forest currently ranked at the top 25. Now the game is in Nashville. And then the week after that, they have a road trip up to Northern Illinois, and then they're done with their non-conference games. There's a chance. There's a chance that Vandy could start 4-0 before they go into Tuscaloosa on September 24th for the start of their SEC schedule. They're not going to beat Alabama, but I'll just let you know. If you're Missouri, if you're South Carolina, if you're Florida, maybe even Tennessee, Kentucky, Ole Miss, you may want to keep Vanderbilt. Just keep an eye on them because I think that's a team that's not going to come in and just get trounced by you. They are going to fight and play hard. And so congrats to Clark Lee starting his 2022 season 1-0. And, yes, if you want to have some fun, go up to ESPN.com right now and look up the SEC standings, and you will see Vanderbilt sitting there atop the SEC East standings. No one else has played games, but just kind of fun to see Vanderbilt first place in the SEC. It's been a long time since that has happened. But uh, again, congrats to Vandy. Congrats to their fans. And look, we got 13 other fan bases that listen to this uh, podcast pretty regularly. Not a lot of regular Vandy listeners. I'm just telling you, if you're a fan of one of those other 13 teams, tip your cap to Vandy and uh, at least acknowledge they're not that absolute abysmal, uh, just bottom of the doorstep Format team that they were a year ago. They're better, but how many how many more wins better? Again, I think the over-under bet online was around two and a half wins. Might be a safe over bet right now. I think they can get two more wins on the year. It's possible. But again, tip of the cap to Vanderbilt. Shout out to them. And that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. We got plenty to get into. Throughout this week, man, we're going to start to preview the games happening on Thursday night. Like I mentioned, we got both Tennessee and Missouri starting their seasons on Thursday. And then a full slate of games to start to preview this weekend. Of course, a big one with Georgia and Oregon. We're going to talk with Gary Stokin from the uh, Chick-fil-A Bowl to preview that one with him. And uh, just plenty more guests and stuff to get into. We still got to make our picks for this week, so keep an eye on that. We'll make our Heisman prediction. Plenty of stuff to finish off this week with our official predictions here on Locked on SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. Thank you guys again for making us your first listen every day. Now you can go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network. Just search any of your favorite SEC schools with Locked on and you will find it there. 
It is your team every day. I'm Chris Gordy. Talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC.